A pharmacist by day and a powerlifter by night, Fahana Farid finds internal balance by fulfilling her vastly different interests. Her unique experience in powerlifting has given her a deeper awareness of how the bodies of women are being perceived. Like most other women and men, we struggle with appreciating our own bodies. How then can we move away from an appearance-focused society? According to Fahana, we can do that by becoming more conscious of how our body serves us in terms of its function. Um, yeah, so we like to always start with our guests giving an introduction about themselves okay. so that our listeners can understand where, uh, the context. Right. Okay. Yeah, so if you could just help us introduce ourselves. Okay, so my name is Fahana Farid. I'm a pharmacist by day and a powerlifter by night. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could say that. Yeah, because since I usually train at night after work anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that. Um, I have been powerlifting since, like seriously, seriously, since 2018. Prior to that, I was just, I was really just a gym bro, like shadowing my boyfriend around. So it just, yeah. So I guess the, the initial touch point with weights has been about close to eight years. But powerlifting proper, it's... It's close to three years now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it feels... It's one of those things where you feel like you've done it forever. Like, like oh, it's only been a few years that I've, you know, been competing and everything, but it really feels like I've done this for the longest time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that. Great. Um, maybe we can really just go into one of my favourite things about you. Yeah. How you kept uh, two sides of yourself that seems a little bit incongruent, you know, both yeah. being a pharmacist and then being an athlete. Right. Like, why did you choose to keep both parts of yourself here? Um, I've always felt a bit like like a jack of all trades, but a master of none, you know? But like, so when I do one thing, I always feel there's something missing. Like there's, there's this other part of me that's a bit um, like unfilled, unfulfilled. So as a science student, I always liked the arts, like the art, artsy side of me as well. So I've always been a bit... Um, how do I even put it? Like on polar ends, mm-hmm. I could also attribute it to me being a Libra, you know? Like I could never choose one thing. Like, um, yeah, e- even with pharmacy itself, like it was actually, I mean, from the beginning, I wanted to be a doctor. So it was between being a doctor or being an architect. So those are very polar opposites. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I- I've-, I've never been happy just doing one thing because there's always that other side. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved the science. I've always loved... Um, healthcare, helping people too. But then there's that other side of me that wanted to express myself. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to art, like, I don't think I can sing. Like, you guys don't want to hear that ever. We want to hear you. Exclusive preview. Yes. No, no, no. That would be the end of me. Um, dance. No, I can't act. So, so, yeah, being an athlete was my way of expressing myself, you know? Mm. Like, because... I, I appreciated um, the sports. Like from Yeah, I appreciate sports from the very beginning of time. So I used to run a lot when I was younger. I did netball. Um, I fell in love again with serious running. So I did like marathons and stuff like that. Um, but then I wasn't particularly good at it mm. until I discovered powerlifting. Like by accident, really. I didn't know like how strong I was, you know. And then, um, so yeah, it, it was just one fine day. The boys were just having like a, a mock meet and everything. And then... They discovered that I just pulled a national record <laughs> casually at the gym. Like, let's make the most out of this. Um, initially, I was very hesitant because I was like, no, I just want to gym for fun, you know. Mm. But I figured, like, why not? No loss, really. Let's make something out of this. And 
then I, I I realized that I kind of felt my groove with it. So there was confidence, there was body confidence, mm-hmm. there was body awareness, there was um some sort of mental resilience that I got from it too. Yeah. Like I learned a lot about myself, how to be disciplined, know when to push, when to hold back. Mm-hmm. And then there was the the big part of me about the big thing about being an athlete that I felt was very um satisfying was the fact that I could give back. Mm. So that part was me as a coach, you know, like mm. I felt like I, I learned a lot myself and I think it's time to like share and kind of like spread the love about lifting with women and stuff like that since it's it's still kind of like green here, mm. you know, like like people don't know enough about it, how much good it can do to you and like how women lifting doesn't equate to men. It doesn't work that way, guys, you know, like <laughs> basic science, but mm. yeah, so I felt like I, I kind of, I, I don't know if it's too soon to even call it a calling, but I felt like it was something that I could do to give back and pay for it. And I got the sense of satisfaction from it. So mm. so both things, being a pharmacist, I got to give back and like help patients. Being an athlete, being a coach um, and an athlete myself, I felt like I could give back, learn and like pay it forward to people as well. Mm. So yeah, that was that. So you described... Um you're lifting as an art. Yeah. How, how is it an art to you? Because um, it's it's a lot about... So, so the thing is that, you know, when you think powerlifting or, or just lifting in general, you think grime, you think metal, you think aggression, you know, at the gym, like, that's the first image that pops to mind. But, like, to me, when you get into it, there's so much finesse to it. There's a lot of, like, coordination, there's timing. Mm. It's almost like following a choreography, you know, you can only control a few things, but like to be in that zone, like you have to be in this um, head space, a mind space where you feel yourself, you feel, and especially when you compete, like you get energy from the audience, especially mm. this. So like, it's almost like performing on stage, you're putting up a show mm. and like, it's your time, <laughs> you know, and yeah, and putting out like what you have been training slash rehearsing for and mm. like, it's you expressing yourself. Um, yeah, and I guess it's an expression of strength, right? right. In a in a sense. So I guess yeah, to me that's that's art, and and because everyone expresses themselves differently, like yeah. even on the platform, everyone has their own style, their own form, their own groove. So I felt like that was something very special. Yeah, like when it comes to powerlifting, because it's not the first thing I would think of. You know, like never in a million years, like back then when when I was like maybe a five year old girl, like oh I grew up to be a powerlifter. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like never, like it's it's still not sitting well with my mom. one, <laughs> but yeah, like now that I'm in it, it's. It, it, it's, it's totally not something that you would completely understand until you are doing it yourself because mm. to everyone like we're just being a reckless bunch throwing weights around you know like for what also yeah. you know no one gets it but there's so much finesse there's so much discipline and elegance to it like to me I feel um, that people don't talk enough about mm. yeah. because of like the misconceptions that people have was it difficult when you were getting in it were people like discouraging you from it Definitely, especially as a girl, like an Asian girl growing up in... I wouldn't say my parents are extremely conservative, but I think these are ideas that they never even thought about, you know? Like, their girl going into strength and, like, getting big and, mm. like, getting stronger than some guys. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, so I guess to them, it's a very foreign idea. And they're like, why are you doing this? Is it even safe? So... To them, um, I think even some of my friends, they're like, oh, are you sure? Are you are you getting too big? You know, like, are you concerned about um, 
your reproductive health, you know, <laughs> like because you're lifting weights and stuff like that. And and I get it because it's just that they don't know better. Like they don't see how much good lifting can bring, you know, mm. for you. So to I feel like for the most part it's just concern. Mm. And they just haven't seen enough in their lifetime, you know, and they're just not exposed to these ideas. So in the beginning they were, I guess, skeptical and concerned, but Knowing me from the very beginning, I've always gone against the grain, you know? Like, <laughs> I never asked. I always just tell. Mm. Um, and, like, so I never asked my parents whether I could compete or do powerlifting. I was more like, oh, yeah, I'm competing next week. If you want to come, <laughs> you're more than welcome. So so for the longest time, like, they didn't understand how I could spend a few hours at the gym. You know, they just didn't get it. And mm. I guess they were discouraging it because it seemed to be an obsession. I don't blame them. Um, <laughs> it was only until, like, they were there for my first competition. They're like, oh, wow, she's actually not bad. She doesn't suck at it. And they were really proud and everything. And, yes, I think from there, like, they slowly gave me, like, they gave their support because they finally saw what it was like. Mm-hmm. They somewhat understood it, <laughs> somewhat, I would say. Um, yeah, and then I think more so when... I brought it to an international stage when we competed in Mongolia, Kazakhstan. They're like, oh, okay. She's, she's she's getting, you know, bigger, doing something out of this. And like me coaching. So I think they see like there's value to what I'm doing you mm. know, rather than just throwing around weights at the gym, hustling mm. around the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's it. it. It's a process, I would say. And it's, it's hard to please everyone and convince everyone, you know, with what you're doing. But if it sits well with you, like you really don't need to please anyone but yourself. So yeah. it's it's a journey also with yourself because mm. you start questioning, you know, like, are these people right? Am mm. I getting bigger? Like, you know, yeah, my yeah. arms look different. I can't fit into certain tops. Like they're kind of right. But if you if you feel healthy, you feel good doing it, you're happy, then at the end of the day, why change for them? Mm. You know? Like, so that's why I guess I've been doing what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but I think in the process of it, your your family must also start realizing how much it means to you. Mm. You know, not not only seeing that, um, you know what you're doing is bringing value to others, but right. I'm sure they can also see how it affected you and how like that brings so much joy. It seems you know because I can feel all the energy com- coming yeah. from you, and you seem to really love your sport, which I think it's rare to find people to be honest, yeah. like to just be so excited about. Work, so. <laughs> it's a little yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I, I don't know, you know, I think with my parents, they're, uh, we're close, like, we're very close, but I think to them, they will always think, like, what they think is good for us will be good for us, you mm. know, so it's hard for them to learn to appreciate what I want, mm. you know, like, intrinsically, so so I think it's a process, also, like, I'm the first daughter, so I'm always mm. blazing the trails for my sisters, you know, and I guess it helps for them that, like I said, I'm always going against the grain. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if it's if, if like it sits comfortably for them now. Mm-hmm. You know, me doing this, me pursuing this. Because to them, like, am I going to make a stable career out of this? Is this a practical option? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am I going to leave my day job for this? You know, so, but I've reassured them. I mean, because I think they need that reassurance, like, I, I can't just do one and not the other because, like I mentioned earlier, you know, mm. I feel like a balance doing both. So they have somewhat gotten, like, practical assurance from that. So I think they have somehow, like, sat comfortably with the idea that I'm doing both, you know, and mm. that I'm not neglecting practicality for, like, my passion. And so they know that I'm still grounded at the end of the day with what I want and not just having my head in the clouds, you know, <laughs> just doing happy things and what makes me feel good. So, um 
yeah, it's mm. it's a journey. I think still a journey because if I were to ever ever make that switch, if I were to ever just choose one, though I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if I do, like, it's gonna take them a while to realize that this is a practical option because it's not a very common, like you know, um, option to choose as a career like nowadays because it's typical Asian parents, right? Doctor, yeah. lawyer, yeah, yeah. you know, etc. Yeah. So it's. To them, I think at the end of the day, it comes from a good place. Mm. Yeah, it's just out of love and concern. So mm. it's a constant journey. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you describing um, your your family's perception of you in that in that manner is also mm. like telling of what you are, you know, because often we get angry when people don't agree with us. Yeah. I, I would say that I was like that when I was like, younger as well. Yeah. yeah, but I think you realizing that, okay, you cannot control exactly how they think about you, yeah. but you are trying to reassure them that mm. this is the life I want and it's the life I'm going to pursue. Mm. So I'm going to show you that it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a nice way of dealing with things because yeah. if we get angry sometimes it really doesn't get us anywhere. That's true. Yeah. So, and you still love your family of course, I right? Do, and yeah. then it's it's hard to navigate around that sometimes, yeah, because that there are the people you love, but there's some things that you just don't agree with. Like yeah. how do you how do you deal with this? But yeah, I think you're doing really well. Yeah, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. Um, yeah, it's I think I think it's it's never like a a closed deal with them because there's mm. always something like a. Uh, I don't agree with the shorts you're wearing now. Why is it so short? I'm like, mom, I'm deadlifting today. I'm not going to rip my tights, you know? So it's little things they don't understand. Yeah. But like, you know, you, you have to explain to them. You don't get defensive because then yeah. it's not going to go anywhere. You get angry, she gets angry. So like, I've learned through the years. I'm not very young anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, like, Still I'm, young. <laughs> like, I learned through the years. Like, sometimes you just need to slow things down, take yeah. a step back, yeah. and, like, kind of put yourself in their shoes for a while and, like, mm. explain to them in a way that they might understand. Even yeah. if they don't get it the first time, just keep doing it. And then after a while, they just get used to it. Yeah. So, it has worked so far. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a lesson that I've been learning, like, only recently as well. Yeah. Because, you know, the way you you change your reaction to someone else's like response yeah. really determines what happens after that. Exactly. Yeah. So like yeah. if you take a pause and you think about how best to react to someone, that goes a long way to be right? honest. It, it changes your dynamics. It allows the other person to, to understand that you are trying to explain something mm. and you're coming from a good place as well exactly yeah. Yeah. but it's not an easy lesson it's to not, learn <laughs> it's not and sometimes you just don't have the time for it let's yeah. face it right and like or you're emotional you're protective over what yeah. you're doing and but i guess they also appreciate that you take time to explain it to them yeah. and that they see that you see they're coming from a good place so yeah i try to remember that as much as I can. <laughs> I, I, sorry, like, it's just, it's just me because I really feel I see a lot of me in you. Yeah. And then, like, in a lot of the journeys you're going through. But I think I'm earlier, I'm in the earlier stages of those journeys. Aww. So just looking at you just makes me feel like, oh, God. <laughs> we all learn, okay? We, we all, all learn each other. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Shall we go into the expectations of roles? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. Because people have certain expectations of like maybe women in Singapore, women in Asian countries, yeah. that they need to be small, they need to be like skinny, stuff like that. So how do you manage those expectations for yourself? I think it does help that like expectations have changed over time. Mm-hmm. Like even in Singapore, because we're semi-westernized, you know, with, with the age of social media and everything like that. So like the definition of 
like attractive you know or rather the definition of what a woman should be has like evolved through time mm-hmm. so like you know you expect someone like a woman to be like subdued dainty carry herself really well and then after that kind of evolved to like this miss independent mm-hmm. you know who's strong who's who who doesn't fear like talking back you know who's not scared to to yeah put herself up there and like prove her point so i think that has kind of helped um but also putting myself in, in an environment with very supportive people has helped. So mm. my boyfriend has never really, um, how would I put it? He's always, he's always been an enabler. <laughs> like, you know, he's always encouraged me to like do whatever I want really, you know. He has never put me down, you know, and, and basically encourages me to be strong and like, and, and kind of put my foot down with what I want to do. So that really helps. Um, having my sisters who are very strong supporters as well of that. Like the idea of like a strong independent woman really helps. Um, yeah, so I think then again, from the very beginning, like, I'm very stubborn. Mm. I really know how to go against the grain. And I think that kind of helps from the very beginning. Like, I think it starts from very young. Like, I've always been the odd one out. You know, I've always been a minority. Like, um, I was from Singapore Chinese girls' school. So, like, you know, we've only had, like, five Malay girls in a whole cohort. You know, mm. I've always stood out. Primary school, so I think I was the only Malay girl in my class. Wow. So, so I've always felt the need to prove a point or to, to have a voice, rather, mm. you know? I think it's great. I mean, I, I really don't think, like, I'm in a place in life where um, I can just brush off, like, people's expectations yeah. of me. So when I see you being able to do that, I feel like it's something that, you know, I could strive towards one day. <laughs> like, like it's possible. But yeah. Honestly, like it was not easy from mm-hmm. the beginning. Like I'll share that. Like, like even comments coming from seeing my parents are like, oh my God, you're so big now. You look like a man. Your head, okay, my hands are very rough. Like, like, I won't deny it. You remember know, my mom was like, oh my God, it's like holding a man's head. <laughs> and then like, my dad's like, oh my God, your body like man. And I'm like, yeah, yours like woman. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the way I manage it, like, I, it, it becomes like, you know, I try to like bat it off with humor, you know, because mm. to me, it, like, I shouldn't take it the hard way. Mm. So at the end of the day, like me knowing where I come from and me, I wouldn't even say confident, like there are days we falter, right? You don't yeah. feel good in your own skin. But like, to me, I know what I am. I know what I like. I know what I want to be. I think just holding on to that, like whatever expectations people bombard me, like, usually you can just kind of shield mm. yourself from that. And it's, it's it's not every day I feel like this, you yeah. know? Like, it's so... It's little things that you can do, I feel. Like, um, I think, like, we mentioned before, like, dressing up. Like, mm. you know, when you feel good, you, you feel like you look good, like, you get that confidence that you can kind of just shield yourself from mm. all these and deflect of all this negativity. So it's like the little things you got to do to yourself. And like, but to begin with, you got to be very confident in your own skin. Yeah. And it's not going to be an everyday thing, but you need to know how to like manage when those days come. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I also like the shift um, from, I think, the external labels to just your internal self. You yeah. know, what are your values? What do you enjoy? Mm. And I think once we really shift away from looking at someone at just the external self, it's, it's much more interesting even like to just yeah. look at a person as like what kind of person do they want to be yeah, yeah so that's very true great <laughs> I'm always any like I'm just gonna cut it out so it's okay <laughs> God proposed that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but 
but yeah, uh, other than expectations are of like being a woman, what mm. about expectations about like being a pharmacist or expectations of being an athlete, but like a female athlete as well? Mm. So as a pharmacist, I mean, okay, I think you've met like pharmacists in your life, right? Mm. They're not... We we're not the the most exciting bunch of people, you know. We're, we're yeah, we're just not the most exciting bunch of people. So, um, I mean, for me, like at the end of the day, like I carry out my job, you know. I care for my patients, and I think like my colleagues see that. Like I'm not your conventional pharmacist, and like they feed off their energy as well. So it's not as though like I'm. I'm kind of like ostracized, you know, because I just, I'm just like the odd one out. Like I'm not a typical pharmacist, I would say. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, when it comes down to like being kind, being respectful, like it doesn't matter like what you're doing, yeah. you will get along with anyone really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then panning over to to expectations of being a female athlete, like um, I, th- I, I, just, I just recalled this one incident where I was loading my deadlift bar and I think I was just struggling with it because it was a rusty plate. So mm. then, like, this guy comes over and, like, helps me out with it. And then for a moment, I got defensive. I'm like, you think I can't handle this, right? <laughs> but then, like, I come to realize, like, you know, he was just being chivalrous. He's just being a gentleman. And, yeah. like, because people don't expect girls to be, like, strong, you know, or mm. stuff like that, you don't really blame them. Like, we just don't have enough of us out there, you yeah. know? Like, it's just, yeah, so they haven't seen enough of it. So, um... Yeah, so I've had to handle that for a while. Or like, you know, me, um, I have my bar there and someone's like, oh, are you using that bar? Mm. Or that way? Mm. I'm like, mm. yes, <laughs> I am. Actually, yes. <laughs> Do you want to share? <laughs> you know, like, like, so to me, uh, I, I get very amused by it. You mm. know, like, uh, if anything, it's flattering that they think we can't, you know, be as strong or we can't do any better. But um, it can be frustrating. So that was me, um, I guess, me being being a power lifter, me being an athlete slash coach too. And not not only do I want to pay for it, but I want to prove people wrong. Mm. So from the very beginning or so, I think back in primary school days, I just wanted to prove people wrong, you know? Like, people think like, oh, because you're this, you're not able to do this, you won't be good at this. So that, that was my main motivator. Mm. So, like, yeah, so I think it's a culmination of a lot of things now that I've come to realize. <laughs> Like, it's me being stubborn. It's me liking to go against the grain, you know, just find out what's on the other side. Or Mm. me wanting to prove people wrong kind of, like, help me kind of build myself to where Mm. I am right now. Um, And, yeah, just kind of, like, build a fort around, like, people's expectations, people's disappointments, because you just fall short of the expectations. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because, like, you get satisfied with what you do, you're happy, and your close ones understand that, and that's mm-hmm. all that matters, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I get, I guess, like a sense of satisfaction and closure or acceptance rather with what I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, and I take comfort at that. Uh, so it's it's still a journey. I mm. feel like with te- almost teaching such educating people with what like a female athlete should or should not be. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I don't know, at the end of the day, we may or may not be equal to men, you know, with regards to strength and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you find a good balance, like, I I feel like it would never go wrong. Mm. Do you feel like um, there was an emotion going back, like, about your frustrations about having to prove yourself Mm. when you were were younger as well? Um, Because I think there's there's this guy, his name is Tom Bilyeu. He really believes in anger and how it can push you towards 
doing what you need to do. Right. Do you feel like it was anger that, that was behind like all those actions? Or do you feel like, I don't know, it was just a desire for you to, to be someone? I, I think honestly, anger can be a very good catalyst. Mm-hmm. Like anger, frustration. Um, yeah, they have been very good catalysts. Like for me, mm-hmm. in terms of like proving people wrong, in terms of redemption for myself, for example. Mm-hmm. But as long as you can make it healthy, like or yeah. a positive, yeah. you know, like you don't use anger and then like kind of be vengeful yeah. or, you know. So, so at the end of the day, if it's, it's for you, if it's going to move to, like, it's going to move you to a better place, going to make you a stronger, better person, then I feel like it's a very good catalyst. Yeah. But you have to be very well aware of what you're doing and Agreed. why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. If not, it's just yeah. not going to bring you to good places. Exactly. <laughs> it, it can be very ugly. So yeah. I guess it's a double-edged thought, right? It like, is, same yeah. thing with fear. Like, I feel like fear, nerves, like, that's exactly what we feel before competition, for example. But if you're aware of what you're feeling and what you want to achieve, if you can change that and mm. make it a catalyst, like, it can take you to places, you know. Mm. That could be like miracle pools that we have pulled off because of that, you know. Yeah. Just just to get someone in the right headspace and like change that into a catalyst. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just curious to know, is there like in the powerlifting community, is there like a community of women that um, kind of like support each other? Mm, interesting you ask. Um, okay, in Singapore... We're still not very dominant. There's just very few of us. Like we're literally in trips and drips. Some have like moved on to to study overseas. Some have started a family. You know, have kids and stuff like that. So most likely, lifting just took the back burner. But overseas, because I've met a few um Asian athletes, so we do talk. Um, so that's that's the good thing about social media, right? Mm-hmm. It brings you closer to people that you wouldn't have otherwise like chance upon. So, like. There's a bunch of Thai, uh, Malaysian, Filipino athletes that, and we're constantly like egging each other on, you know, like it's a friendly competition, but we're really, really happy to see each other progress as well. So I feel like it's it's a very healthy community that the Asian female powerlifters are what we have. And yeah, but because there are no competitions now, so we don't get to meet each other face to face as well. So that's, that's a bit sad. But otherwise, um, yeah, I think that's the thing about women, right? Like, when you're all like-minded, you kind of create your own little community and, yeah. like, you support each other for what it's worth. Um, so, yeah, so we do have a little, a little bit very, very small, tight-knit community. And it's it's comfortable enough for us to tell each other's, like, um, problems, like, that we face at training and we give mm. each other tips. You know, it's not like we're holding back because it's competition, you know? So it's it's healthy. It's good. Yeah, I wish that was more, honestly. So, any female powerlifters out there who have not yeah, you know, you know, like, it a try, yeah, please show yourself. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. that would be so interesting if you can just create, like, the next generation of, like, yeah. female powerlifters. That would be really, really cool, so honestly. Fun. So, because also, like, most of my athletes, as of now, are all females. Like, this was not intentional. Like, mm. I didn't intend to just take on female athletes, but I don't know, you know, if... I think you just kind of manifest what you want. <laughs> so it was it was always me having a vision like, oh my God, okay, more stronger women, you know? I just want to build a league of strong women. And you don't have to just do powerlifting. Like you can just do weights and just be strong and do what you want to do. And I feel like they would just pay it forward, you know, mm. to their friends, to their future kids for all, you know? And I guess that's a, a good start. 
Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> I, I really want to talk about your transition from being a runner. So you did a lot of marathons when you were mm. younger. <laughs> I I yeah, that was in uni, which feels so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago, yeah. yeah. It was a decade. Yeah. It was a decade. It wasn't like, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm like 29 this year. So less like, than a decade, maybe. Like, I don't know. So that was, that was, 1920? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um I started out running because I think my uncle, he's he's an avid runner, so he's a marathon and everything. Then he he found that I like running. Then he bought me a pair of shoes that I really, really liked. So I would run for hours daily. So I'll wake up at like 5 a.m., have breakfast, have coffee, and then go on to run. And then after that, go for lectures in school. If there are days it rains, like I'll still find my way under blocks to run or I'll do stair work and everything like that. I'll run a few marathons here and there, but just something small, nothing big really. Um, But then there was also... It, it started becoming unhealthy because it became an obsession. Like my mind was very fixed that I need to run. I need to run at least four to five times a week. Otherwise, I just won't function. I just won't be efficient for the next run, you know? Like, I'm not doing myself a favor. So there are days where I can't run in the morning or in the evening. So I would even run in, like, the hot noon sun, like, just so I could clock myself in. And then, so that that got really unhealthy. And then there was also the eating part because... As, a, as like a long distance runner, you kind of need to be efficient, you kind of need to be lean because you're carrying yourself for like a few hours, right? So there was all the calorie counting, which got very, very unhealthy. Um, I, I, I remembered like staring at the menu, like close to an hour, just deciding like what will be best for me, you know? Like, is this enough macros? Do I have enough protein? Or is the calorie count going to fit for the day? Like, okay, if I'm eating so much, do I cut back later? Like, is that going to be efficient? Oh, no, wait, I'm going out later. That's going to be a problem. So it got, I, I went into a really bad cycle with food. And like, people who know me know I love food. <laughs> so taking away pleasure, like just pure primal pre- like pleasure from eating, that was very, very bad for me. Um, so yeah, so... And then also because I was running so much, um, I stopped getting my period for a year. Mm-hmm. And then I think that was the breaking point. I felt like this is not right. This is not healthy, you know? Like I was also aware of my mental health. Like this is really not healthy. Something so healthy, like shouldn't give me so much problems and stress. So also I, I started getting injured. So I was getting tendonitis and everything. I wasn't taking myself, um, taking care of myself properly. So that was a turning point for me. And then just so happened that my boyfriend's a gym rat. Um, yeah, so he brought me to the gym. But I also wanted to find out what's so great about this place, you know? Like, our dates revolved around <laughs> it all the time. It got very frustrating. So I was like, okay, fine, let me check it out. And then it was a point of no return, really. Because mm-hmm. I, I learned to be so aware of my body. Like, the mind-muscle connection, how it moves. Um, I started learning names of different body parts I never knew I had, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that too. And then being aware of my body, like what needs what, what do I need to do to cut down, you know, like when I need to cut down. So that transition made me realize like, oh, this is definitely going to a better place. Like I feel more balanced. I feel more at ease with what I'm doing. And I was, I was not killing myself doing it. 
So also because it was a new thing that I was learning, I felt like I was constantly growing, like literally physically too. Mm. So like, um, because in the beginning, I was very well developed with the legs, you know, from all the running. So my upper body was scrawny. Mm. So yeah, so I felt very much more balanced with myself, with mm. lifting. Um, what about your transition in, in terms of what your body looked like? Because mm. as, an, as a runner, I'm sure it, you were a lot leaner. Yeah. Um, and then transitioning to gaining a lot more muscle and then becoming, I don't know if I'm using this word correctly, but thick. Is that the best word to, to describe? You can, you can. Yeah, you can definitely use that. But yeah, like, what was that like? Because um, it must be must have been a, been a process just learning how to accept your body as it changes. Mm. Yeah. It was it was strange because you would think like it's really, really gradual, you might not even notice the changes, right? Mm. But then when people start telling you mm. like, Oh, you've gotten so big or when you look back at pictures, you know, it's when you realise like, oh shit. Mm. Or when you start fitting into <laughs> jeans, you yeah. know, certain clothes. Um it was definitely a journey. It was a process of self-loving because I have never gotten like that thick in my life. You know, I was questioning, you know, with my parents also telling me like, oh my God, you're turning very manly, this mm-hmm. and that. And like, as women, I don't think it's in our blueprint to be very comfortable being very muscular from the beginning. You know, that was not what we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So having packed on muscles felt very foreign. It didn't feel right from the very beginning, I have to say. Like, and I gained like what, like four to five kilos within a few years, and that was that was for a small friend. That's a lot. It's like mm. growing an extra limb. So it was really a lot for me to take. But because my boyfriend was so supportive, you know, like he he appreciated me for how I look, how I functioned at the gym, and like it was it was the recognition that like it didn't really matter how I looked. Like I liked how strong I felt. Mm. And that made me feel, for the lack of a better word, beautiful. <laughs> it's <laughs> you know, a good like, word to you. <laughs> you know, like, inside and out. Like, yeah. I appreciated how my body moved. And that's why I appreciated how it looked. Like, you know, it didn't matter if I was bloated this day and that. It helped with my squats. And I feel mm. good with that. So, it's it's definitely still a journey. Because I've also had to learn that um, I'm not going to look good in everything. You know, every silhouette. Not any. I mean, no goal is going to look good in every silhouette you find. So, like, finding out what works for you and working on that angle, like, mm. really helps. Um, it can be frustrating, you know, because like, you see something like, oh, my God, the person looks so good in it. Yes. You can't help it, right? As a goal, like, I want that. And then you try to, like, oh, my God, look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do I even try? But right. then, like, slowly finding what suits you, finding your strength, literally, and then, like, flaunting it, I think that's what's been helping me like mm. come to terms with with the, the becoming thickness <laughs> you know becoming thick with the triple c so yeah and 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 also i guess it helps that you know social media is kind of like supporting that mm. right um yeah i mean every other music video you don't see any like skinny girls now you know it's just supporting big beautiful girls um but and for me at the end of the day for me it's it's about being healthy too. Mm. So even if I, even if I'm skinny now, but you know, as long as I'm healthy, I'm functioning well, I'll be happy. Mm. Or if I'm thick and big, but if I'm moving well, I'm healthy, no health issues, I'm happy, then that sits well with me. Yeah. So yeah, recognizing the insight above all, I think it's very crucial. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but I also agree that it's it's about you allowing yourself to understand that there are other 
forms of body is, bodies out there. Yes. Yeah, because I think for me, um, I definitely feel that I'm not like slim enough to be like one of the skinny girls. Right. But right. I'm also not thick enough to be one of the thick girls. <laughs> so where do I fall? Yeah. And then um, right. I think me aspiring to be like either size is mm. just not healthy for me because I'm not built that way, you know? Yeah, right. And then realizing that, okay, this is what I look like. What can I look good in? Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's a much better way of moving forward. Yeah, yeah. because it's it's really not going to bring me anywhere if I just want to be someone else. Right, yeah. yeah. It's exactly like, and when you compare yourself against someone else, it's, it's going to be a constant um, frustrating journey because you're just never going to get there. And then once you do, you're going to find someone else to compare yourself right. against, you know, and pegging yourself against someone else is just never healthy. So it's all, it should always be you versus you. If you mm. can always make yourself better, look better, function better, think better, then why not? You know, at least you grow into a better person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So how do you, so I'm sure you have like, bad days and good days and whatnot but for the bad days how do you like manage your feelings or frustrations about those so because i work as a pharmacist in the daytime right so some people have asked me um how do you find the energy to train after work and usually i don't train for like one two hours it's always for several hours so for me okay just just going to the gym it has become a habit so it's not even a matter of discipline um it's just a habit. I'll feel really weird if I don't go. Um, and I guess I feel very accountable, mm. especially since now that I'm a coach, you know, like, would, would I want my athletes doing this and bailing out on the training? No, like, I want to lead by example. But then, of course, I have terrible days where I just don't even want to function, you know, mm. like, especially time of the month, like, you just want to be useless in bed and not do anything and curl up into an embryo. But then, like, <laughs> like it's, to me... I've always promised myself one thing, like, just show up, mm. you know? Like, you should never shortchange yourself. Yeah. And just show up because you never know how good that session could be, you know? If you, you don't show up, you shortchange yourself, mm. you're not giving yourself an opportunity to turn the day around, like... So there are days where... Okay, this is not very responsible, I must highlight. This was way before COVID. Like, I was sick. I was <laughs> running a fever and anything. Um, Yeah, I was running a fever and all. But I went to the gym feeling really shitty. But then I put my biggest PR. Mm. So it was, it was beyond, like, my body's capability, you know? It was just my mind wanted to do something. And then I did it. And sometimes your body surprises itself. Yeah. So... But yeah, of course, at the end of the day, please listen to your body. <laughs> I don't have rest if you need. <laughs> yes, rest if you need to. So so that's the other thing. So like learning how to pedal back and listen to your body and know like, you know what? Is this like me pushing? Is this going to bring value to the next moment? Mm. If it's not, I'm just going to kill myself more. Like, let's not even do it. So mm. it's, it's, it's something that I learned over time, you know, like killing myself and learning that that was not, not worth it. Um, but also like, seeing those golden moments where I managed to change the day around like me feeling really shitty or me having a really bad day at work I'm like do I really want to face people at the gym you know like I'm not in a mood to like meet another human you yeah. know but then I go to the gym and I meet my friends and like they make me feel so good I'm like I, I, I could have denied myself this mm. so for me no matter what like just show up yeah like, just show up, be present and just give yourself that chance because you never know like you could really turn the day around I think that's great advice. Yeah. I mean, you it's important to set boundaries for yourself, mm. but also sometimes you just 
feel lazy. Sometimes yeah. it's just sometimes you just need a slight push in that direction and then you'll get going. Exactly. Yeah, yeah just a little push for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any yeah. questions, guys? I don't know. For me I guess like the part about um just being comfortable in your own body, right? It's very hard because mm. I I go through like insecurities about yeah. like like what you said, like someone else wears that dress. It looks mm. so nice, but when you wear it, you know, it looks <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how to like kind of cancel out that thought yet. Yeah. Because it's like, you want to be like that. Because yeah. they look good, so you exactly. want to look good too. It's, so then I don't, I, I haven't learned how to purely like embrace my own body. Yet. Right. So how, how do you like go through that? Especially when you're big, right? There are yeah. of course certain quotes like, you want to fit in, but they just don't look good. And but your body looks good. It's just that that type of clothing doesn't suit you. Can I just add in something? I really think it's because like we don't have enough examples of how to look good that's in different true. body forms. You know, that's very yeah. true. Like, that's so annoying. How do you get over that? Like, yeah. Mindset. It's still a journey, honestly. I ha- I have clothes in my closet that really don't flatter me. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, why did I even buy this? <laughs> and most of the time, now we buy things offline, right? So you don't know how they look. Like you don't try them on and stuff like that. But I think like when you fi- you you still need to find your style mm. or like something that really suits you. And then when you start to rock it, and then people are like, oh my god, you look good in it. And I think that kind of reinforces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That reinforces your confidence and I think like putting yourself in a group of fair in, in a very supportive environment helps too so if you surround yourself with like a bunch of toxic girls you know who, who look a certain way <laughs> you know who dress a certain way and think that all women should look like that then you're really not doing yourself a favor but if you surround yourself with like incredible women who are like confident in their own skin no matter what size they are and then you're gonna it, it might bet off you as well you know and then you're gonna realize that okay I should be confident in my own skin like I'm beautiful <laughs> you know? yeah. but, and, but it's, it's not gonna happen overnight like that's the thing so like try out every silly thing that you can like try out everything every style you can and then you will one day just find your groove and find yourself and then you're just gonna rock it and people want to look at you then. <laughs> so yeah it's 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 gonna be frustrating but like I think you just gotta appreciate your body first and like respect it because I feel like when you respect your body it respects you back like be it with whatever you eat whatever you put inside it what you do with it it comes when it comes to like exercising resting even um it will give you back what you give it so I guess it starts from there thank you so much for joining us on this episode of an open invitation We know that life can feel very lonely and we hope that through these conversations you will be able to find some comfort in knowing that many others feel the same way. Join us next week as we delve into the thoughts of someone new. You can find us on AOIPodSG on Instagram or Twitter. That is AOIPODSG. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts.